what is going on in Parliament? Obviously, a lot of drama over the last couple of days on September 22nd. Um, and the House of Commons acknowledged and honoured Yaroslav Ahanka. Um, and this was controversial because uh, it turns out that he actually... Uh, served the Nazis in World War II. So acknowledging him is obviously a really, really big mistake. Uh, now Canada's House Speaker has quit, has resigned uh, in the wake of this drama and global attention on this. But what does this scandal really say about how much we know or don't know when it comes to the Second World War. We're going to get into it right now with our guest, who's a professor of Russian and East European history at the University of Alberta, Dr. David Marples. Dr. Marples, thanks for making the time. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. So let's just kind of set the table and, and clarify exactly what happened. This was uh, someone who was suggested to be a war hero, who, as claimed by the speaker, who was honored and applauded, but actually has a pretty... Um, Pretty ugly history, right? Yeah, I mean, he joined an SS division that was set up by the Germans in Galicia, western region of Ukraine in 1943. Um, so you could say it's, it's an ugly history, but at the same time, um, if we look at the circumstances in which that division was set up, it's it's a bit more complex, I would say. Um, so let's so get... So let's get into that then a little bit more. I want to talk a little bit about what this history means and why this was something that was seen as an oversight. Because the point has been made before that when he was announced, it was as someone who fought the Russians in the Second World War. And the point being made that everyone in the House seems to have forgot that the Russians were on our side. So is this is this a forgivable offense? Are the waters a little bit muddier here than we might realize? Well, it was certainly a fundamental mistake. And I think it could have been rectified very easily if, if the speaker's office had done just a little bit of background on who they were inviting to the house uh, on the other hand um you know the question about this this unit the ss division is a little more um you know it's just complex than it might seem it was you know it was set up in this western region of ukraine at a time in the middle of the war when the Germans were clearly going to lose, they'd started to retreat on the Eastern Front from the Red Army. And the Red Army was advancing quite rapidly. They'd won the Battle of Stalingrad. They were about to fight another battle uh, around the Kursk salient, which they would also win convincingly. And they were heading towards this territory where many Ukrainians lived that had actually been part of Poland before the Second World War. And the Germans gave local Ukrainians the chance to set up a division um, with possible consequences of being conscripted for forced labor in Germany if they refused. But on the other hand, it was voluntary, and these people signed, uh, you know, swore allegiance to Adolf Hitler. They were in an SS division, they wore German uniforms, and they were commanded by German officers, some of whom had committed crimes earlier in the war in 1941-42. So it was not a good thing to join, but you could also say that in these circumstances, probably some people didn't have an awful lot of choice. Mm. Um, so it not necessarily mean that he was a gung-ho Nazi. It might mean that you know, he weighed up the odds and thought, well, maybe I'm better off there than being deported or being, being killed by the Red Army when they come in. Would this have been information that the House would have easily been able to get their hands on and, and find out? Like, how difficult would a search to, to find out a little bit more about his history and him being part of this unit really have been? Well, probably not all that difficult, although not simple. 
um, because it's not part of the history of World War II that most people usually read first and foremost. Um, I mean, everybody knows about the Eastern Front and the Soviet advance to Germany, but they often don't know about the little microcosmic events that happen under German occupation. Uh, who was fighting whom? You know, there's a massive wave of hostility between Ukrainians and Poles in this region. And we've already got a history of Ukrainians of joining other um, insurgent groups with very far-right goals, which, you know, one could call fascist or neo-fascist at that time in the war. But I think it, it could certainly be done. I mean, you can Google you can Google names of the division of Hunker and others. Um, so I don't think it was unknown, and I think it would have been reasonably easy to find out. How much responsibility do you think are our politicians, especially someone like the Prime Minister um, and the MPs that are in the House of Commons, have when it comes to really knowing the intricacies of this history? Because I think, you know, as, as more time progresses, memory of World War II is, is fading a little bit. So is that something that we we should be acknowledging or should we be looking to these leaders as people that have fundamental knowledge of these events and accidents like this shouldn't take place? I think the more knowledge that our politicians have of, of the Second World War in particular uh, is 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 extremely important because the war may be 80 years ago to us, but to Russia, it's today. Mm. And Russia has identified this war with the modern Russian state and the Soviet victory in, in the war as something that it is worth commemorating and is really the main event that formed their national identity. And today the line in Russia is that people like Hunker were, were traitors and criminals fought, fought for the Nazis and that the only rightful role in this war was to be in the Soviet army as about two million Ukrainians in fact were. So Russia's got this very um, narrow view of the war. It's very current, but they're basing their current political views and policies on this war-based uh, narrative that's been developed under Putin in particular, who's got this theory that, in fact, the war started because of Poland. Poland was the big problem and that the Soviet Union basically saved the world from Nazism. And now nobody is paying, you know, is really grateful for that. And you don't get the same kind of attention paid in the West. So Putin talks about historical revisionism, people changing their views on the war, and that these people who do that should be rounded up as criminals and put in prison, which is actually dumb. So there are different perspectives on the war. And I think the more we know about it, the more we understand the difficult situation different groups were in, um, then the, the, more, the more we really will comprehend why mistakes like, like last week's were made. When it comes to then the future for for Hunka for Yaroslav Hunka, uh, there's conversation now about him being extradited to Poland. Where do you stand on the idea of extraditing him? Well, the question is, at 98 years old, whether it's going to be it would be worthwhile extraditing him. What could possibly what he could possibly say? You know, how how is his health? How is his mental health in particular? What would he remember about events of that period when he was 18 or 17 years old? So. I personally, you know, don't see the logic, but I can understand why the Poles might want to do that. I mean, if they think he's carried, his group carried out atrocities in Poland um, in 1944 and 1945, um, I can understand why they might want to do that. But, uh, you know, to me personally, I, I think probably given his age, it wouldn't be worthwhile to do it. 
it'll be interesting to see how uh, how it's handled because I agree with you I think 98 years old um, what's what's sort of the the end goal here of extraditing him um, but there are people that are really calling for for action in this situation uh, a lot of calls one from conservative leader Pierre Polyev demanding that Prime Minister make a formal apology do you think that that's necessary do you think that's an, a necessary next step given the context of, of what happened yeah, in fact, my understanding was that Justin Trudeau had actually done that today. He made a formal apology. Um, maybe I misread the news because I've been in class most of the day, but I, I did see a headline that he was going to apologize or did apologize. Um, I think ultimately responsibility does, form, does fall on the liberal leadership who might, you know, had they been aware that he was coming, uh, have understood why he shouldn't come and left it to the Speaker's office to do that. But the fact is that it's the Speaker's office that invites these people. It doesn't fall on the on the Prime Minister to make that decision. And there's really no way, I think, that Trudeau would have known who he was or why he was coming or who would, you know, and, and that who had been invited. And I think the Speaker's office was responsible for that. The fact that Trudeau is apologising really, for me, could be justified just on the grounds that when he was celebrated in the House of Commons and called a national hero, every single MP uh, and also uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky actually applauded him. Mm -hmm. And that suggests to me that um, there was a woeful ignorance of, of who this person was. And um, that's not a good thing. You know, it's never a good thing when that happens. And worst of all, you know, this has kind of fallen into Russia's propaganda and it's been uh, mopped up by by Moscow with great delight. I mean, it's all over the place. There were three articles in on the RT network yesterday about about Hunker and the Canadian Parliament. Uh, all of them really gleeful about what had happened. Well, Dr. Marples, thank you so much for making the time this afternoon to to talk about this. Uh, I really appreciate your insight. Yeah, you're very welcome, Chelsea, anytime. Of course, take care. That's Dr. David Marples, Professor of Russian and East European History from the University of Alberta, talking about how this whole situation has raised some complexities uh, about our knowledge of the Second World War.